Amen. Hallelujah. <coughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. Cassie, come in a minute. Praise the Lord. Go back here and anoint her. Kessie's going to anoint her, her right now. And uh, you can just stretch your hand that way. And let's just believe God will do what that song says right now. Let God take all that pain in her body out right now. Mighty God, in your holy name, we come to you right now. <laughs> Glory to God right now, Lord, you're a pain taker right now. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, let there be a release in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Oh, yes, there it goes. I believe it. It's leaving right now. I speak it in the name of the Lord. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Yes. We claim it in Jesus' name. We claim it right now in the name of the Lord. Thank you for that release in your name, God. <coughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen, amen. Hallelujah. Let's just clap our hands and thank God right now. Receive what he has done. 
just receive it right now. Hallelujah. Praise the mighty name of Jesus. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen, amen, amen. Anytime that there is a need in the body, you stop to pray for that need, you are in order. It's not out of order. Hallelujah. It's in order. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I am glad to know that we serve a great, big, powerful God, that there's nothing impossible with Him. And I thank Him tonight. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I thank the Lord for the release of the Holy Ghost. We're going to start tonight teaching a new series. This is something that I have not taught probably, I guess, maybe 10 years. It's been a good while since I have delved into it before. And, uh, but it is a foundational uh, doctrine of truth in the body. And um, it's an issue that needs to be uh, taught and discussed. Unfortunately, a lot of people who believe the bread of life message don't spend much time talking about it. So we got churches everywhere that people just are not sure what, uh, what the message is. Uh, and uh, sometimes people shy away from it because uh, it's a point of some controversy. Uh, some, some preachers don't deal with it because they like rubbing shoulders with fellows in bigger congregations uh, that uh, don't adhere to it. But uh, it... Uh, it's a part of the Word of God, and I really felt that God directed me into doing this as I was praying uh, uh, today when I came over, and uh, uh, I want to, to deal with this uh, the next uh, few weeks, and I want to start off by saying uh, my purpose is not to try to uh, to get, condemn anybody who who is different from me. Uh, <clears throat> I don't believe it should be a test of fellowship. I do not believe it's a salvational issue. Uh, and my purpose is not if there, you know, and uh, we have had, and I, we, I, we, I guess we got some in, in our congregation uh now that uh, kind of uses a little bit different. My aim, please understand what you, what I'm saying here before I get into this is just as important. Uh, I'm not trying to uh, to change uh, nobody's view or opinion. Uh, all I want to do is give you some scripture and some basis and understanding of what I feel like God has enlightened me on, and uh, 
the way I feel about it, unless God gives you a revelation, you're not going to get a hold of it. I wrestled with this message for many years. I seesawed. I was back and forth. I was on one side of the fence and the other. Uh, and it wasn't until the Spirit of God gave me a scripture and spoke in my heart. And uh, we've got several newcomers in our congregation. And you need to understand this. And uh, I would uh, implore our the brothers and uh, in, in our congregations who believes this uh, to take the time to get into it because any doctrine that's not taught will soon be forgotten. Uh, and so it is very <coughs> important. Uh, you need to back out of that... Uh, I can't get on. It's not letting me get on. But what we're going to be talking about uh, beginning tonight is the nature of true communion. Identifying the bread and cup of the Lord. The nature of true communion. Communion, identifying the bread and cup of the Lord. I'm going to be giving you handouts. I even fixed punch, hole punches in them. If you want to put them in a little notebook or something uh, to keep this so you can go back and uh, make reference to it any time in the future. And uh, uh, our lesson tonight, the first lesson, as we... Uh, try to lay a foundation, I want to talk about the type and shadow turns to substance. The type and shadow turns to substance. The greatest issue that any student of the Word of God faces is that of a proper interpretation and understanding of a book that was written in a different time, culture, and language. We all have a tendency, all of us do, to interpret the Bible in the same manner in which we do other books. That is by the educational training we have received concerning word definitions and sentence formation in the English language. But a failure to incorporate in our definitions of the biblical text the evolution that takes place over time in any language will set you up for a great fall in knowing the truth about what the author's intended meaning was when he wrote it. I want to stop and I want to, uh, before I go any further, I thank the Lord for uh, other men who have uh, uh, pioneered this this great message, men who have been apologists uh, of this teaching, uh, and have uh, uh, done some great in-depth uh, teaching on it. Brother uh, uh, Berlin Comer in Louisville, Mississippi, uh, is one, and of course, uh, uh, Brother Lowe in Litchfield, Kentucky. He's 
tremendous uh, 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 on this. But we've got to understand, uh, make sure we know what the original writing was when we're trying to understand the Word of God. Words change over time. Meanings of words change. Uh, give you an example. Now, <laughs> I'm not going to be teaching on this. Thank God. Hallelujah. But 1 Peter 3 and 1, in the King James 1611 version, it says, Likewise, you wives, being subject to your own husbands, that if any obey not in word, they also may without the word be won by the conversation of the wives. Uh, now, in our English language today, when we think of a conversation, we think of a dialogue or speech of some kind. But in the English language of 1611, it meant behavior or conduct. Uh, and I want to show you the example in the New King James Version. Got it on the screen there. It says, Wives, likewise, be submissive to your own husbands, that even if some do not obey the word, they without a word, see, now notice it says without a word. Sometimes you can browbeat somebody to death and push them further away. Uh, they without a word may be won by the conduct. Hallelujah. Uh, if you have a spouse that's not right with the Lord, the best way to get them in is, is not to try to cram something down it, but just live the life in front of them. Let them see you live that life. That's the greatest thing. Hallelujah. <laughs> so, that was just one example of what I'm trying uh, to, uh, uh, to, to bring out this evening. Another issue that arises when studying God's Word is in knowing when to view a text as having a literal, figurative, or even allegorical meaning. Because all, all Scripture is not written <coughs> to be taken literally. Amen. Uh, some Scripture has a figurative interpretation, some allegorically uh, are written uh, that way. Many of the cults attempt to literalize scripture that were never intended to be so. I mean, you can take the word of God and you can literalize a bunch of stuff and you go out here in just a quick minute and start a cult somewhere. Amen. And, and, and be way off in left field. Amen. In this lesson, we will deal with the issue of type, shadow, and fulfillment. A type or shadow is a literal event, person, or situation which acts as a figure of a future event. 
person or situation which will fulfill the type. A type or shadow is not the real or genuine. It only illustrates or points to the real or genuine. Hallelujah. Now, I understand I might be beginning this and going about this maybe a little bit different uh, than what you've heard some, but I really feel like that getting an understanding about what, what were types and shadows is a key point to understand what we are, are, are talking about. Now, I've got a picture there. <coughs> the sun is shining. There's a tree. And because of the position of that sun on that, on that tree, you notice on the far side, there's what? There's a shadow of that tree. I want everybody to get the understanding tonight that types and shadows don't have substance. Amen. Types and shadows don't have substance. Now, I'm going to apologize to those who are watching by means of the internet tonight, but I'm going to leave you for a moment because that camera is stationary on me right here. But I'm going to get over, I got to get over here on the wall. And I'm hoping that everybody can see. There on the wall is a shadow of my hand. That's, that's not me. There's no substance to that. Here's where the substance is. That's only a shadow. The same way is the tree there. And the Old Testament and the Old Covenant was written filled with types and shadows there was a meaning behind basically all of it pointing to something else under the new covenant. The tabernacle of Moses, <coughs> for example. You had God told Moses exactly how to build that tabernacle. He told him where to put the furniture inside the tabernacle. And if you... <coughs> had a, uh, what's these things now people got uh, all over and flying around, what are they called? Drones. If you could take a drone and put it up in the air over the Old Testament tabernacle and point the camera and look down, you would see the perfect shape of a cross and the way the furniture was laid out. See, God told Moses to do that because he had something better in mind. He, he was pointing to something that he was going to bring to fruition later on. Hallelujah. Amen. So, types, shadows, and fulfillment. A type or shadow is a literal event person or situation which acts as a figure of a future event person or situation 
which will fulfill the type. A type or shadow is not the real or genuine. Like I said a few minutes ago, it only illustrates or points to the real or to the genuine. Much of the Old Testament text is written as types and shadows that point to a fulfillment in Jesus Christ or the church. Such is the case with the Passover supper that originated the night before the exodus from Egypt and continued every year until the night before the crucifixion when the shadow turned to substance in Jesus Christ. Oh, glory. It's a beautiful thing once you get a hold of that. It's so powerful once you get a hold of that. Now, I have some scripture references down here in your handout, and I'm not going to take the time to read all of these tonight. I'm going to be getting into some of them next week. But dearest, sometime this week, please take these scripture references and kind of read, read over them, and that will prepare you a little bit better for next, uh, next, uh, uh, next week. But talking about the Passover, we all know how God brought the Israelites out of Egypt with a mighty hand. They went through the plagues. And then the final one was the death of the firstborn. And God told Moses, let every family take a lamb. You kill that lamb and you put the blood over the doorpost. And when I see the blood, I'll pass over you. But while that was going on, they was inside the house eating a Passover meal. And they, they did this perpetually. Amen. Exodus 12 and 14, that's the first scripture reference I got down here on your handout. So this day shall be to you a memorial. And you shall keep it as a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. You shall keep it as a feast by an everlasting ordinance. Notice the, the word in there. It's very important. And uh, we're, we're going to be coming back to this as we, as we go on. Tonight, and uh, we're not going to get very far. My time is, is really moving on. But I want to start this, this evening, with this point. Ordinances were under law, not grace. That's so important to understand. Uh... Don't try to go back to the law and pick up, pick up everything that they did back then. There are churches that attempt to do that. I'm so thankful, Brother Kyle, that I could sit down and have a catfish dinner. Under the law, I couldn't do that. The law stated you could not eat a fish that didn't have scales. Last time I checked, catfish don't have scales. 
I love, don't you just, mm, don't you just love the smell of bacon frying in the morning? <laughs> Getting Kessie hungry over here. <laughs> Country ham and red-eye gravy and homemade biscuits. Don't nobody run out on me now and go to IHOP. IHOP don't have something that tastes as good as what you can fix at home anyway. But under the law, you couldn't have none of that. You know. And the old law that God used for Moses and the children of Israel was pointing to something better that he wanted to do that he had planned to do before, before Adam ever fell. And the Old Testament is filled with all kind of ordinance that we are not under today. One of them is the Passover meal. Notice in your handout, I'm, uh, I'm not going to put these on the screen. I'm going to read through some of these things quickly. Ephesians chapter 2, and for those of you who are watching by means of the internet, uh, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 13 through 15. Notice what it says. But now in Christ Jesus... You who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Wow. <laughs> Don't that kind of make you feel good about Acts chapter 2 a little bit better? When it said the promise he told them back then is unto you, to your children, to their children, and to what? All who are far off. That far off is me and you. It's me and you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Gentiles didn't have that hope back then. Praise God. So he says, But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation. That's talking between Jew and Gentile. Notice verse 15. Having abolished in his flesh the enmity, that is the law of commandments contained in ordinances. Hallelujah. So as to create in himself one new man from the two, Thus making peace. The old was wrapped up in literal ordinances. God desires an intimate relationship with his people today. Something that can't be achieved through anything natural. There is nothing that you can partake of naturally that can give you that intimate relationship with Jesus. It's all through the Holy Ghost and through the Spirit. Colossians chapter 2, verses 13 and 14. And you being dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. Verse 14. Here's another. See, we're not taking just one scripture and building a doctrine around it. 
because you don't, you don't take one just one scripture, pull it away from all the word of God, and, and build a doctrine around it. We're giving you, by the mouth of two or three witnesses, shall every word be established. Verse 14, blotting out the handwriting of what? Ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to the cross. Woo! Hallelujah. My Lord. Colossians chapter 2, verse 20. Wherefore, if you be dead with Christ from the rudiments of the world, why, Paul asked, as though living in the world, are you subject to ordinances? What's the purpose? What's the meaning? Because if that way had been good back then, God never changed it. <coughs> it would have never been fulfilled. Hebrews 9 and 1. Then verily the first covenant had also ordinances of divine service and a worldly sanctuary. I hope you understand that, that you're the sanctuary of Jesus. You're his temple. Hallelujah. He desires to dwell in you. My Lord, praise God. Hebrews 9, verses 8 and 10. The Holy Ghost this signifying that the way into the holiest of all was not yet made manifest, while as the first tabernacle was yet standing. Remember I told you about figures a while ago? Verse 9, which was a figure for the time then present in which were offered both gifts and sacrifices that could not make him that did the service perfect as pertaining to the conscience. Verse 10, which stood only in meats and drinks and divers washings and carnal ordinances imposed on them until the time of the Reformation. I think maybe you may understand now why we're using this to build our foundation because time we get to the meat of our teaching, all this is going to come back to us. As long as the old covenant was in force, the total religious experience was composed of literal or physical rituals that was only a shadow of the real. And all they accomplished was to give them a hope of a better day which would be ruled by the Spirit, not the letter. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm trying to teach, but something is stirring inside me right now. Praise God. Hallelujah. See, this is what God is looking for. This is what he's looking for. Romans chapter 2, verses 28 and 29. For he is not a Jew, which is one outwardly, neither is that circumcision, which is outward in the flesh, at one time, the literal circumcision, you had to have it. It was necessary. You would be outcast without it. 
but that was fulfilled in something else. No longer is it the outward circumcision God is looking for. Hallelujah. So he is not a Jew, which is one, but he, verse 29, excuse me, <coughs> he is a Jew, which is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart, in the spirit and not in the letter, whose praise is not of man but of God. Wow. Hallelujah. Amen. There's a lot of people who will try to look so-so on the outside, but man, their, their attitudes just stink. Hello, somebody. Anybody ever knew somebody that, I mean, the hair was piled. I never did understand that anyway. If the hair was it's supposed to be a covering for the head, how can it cover anything if it's 10 feet high over the top of your head? <laughs> Amen. But we've all known folks that, Everything was just so-so. But man, it's a good thing a thunderstorm not come around because they would drown. <laughs> Hallelujah. Don't get me wrong. I believe in holiness. But holiness starts in here. If it's not in here, it don't matter what's out here. Hallelujah. We got to have it. And if it's in here, it's going to manifest itself outward. Hello, somebody. Amen. It kind of irks me quite a bit to see people in the church that's been in the church 15, 20 years, but yet their actions and their dress never has changed. Hello, somebody. Somewhere along, there's got to be some changing. Hallelujah. Somewhere along, you're going to have to feel a, some, if you really got the Holy Ghost inside you, that Holy Ghost is going to condemn you when you go half naked on the beach. If there's no con condemnation there, you better check and see if that ghost you got is holy. <laughs> I had a black friend at work the other day walked up to me, he was talking about somebody, he said, I believe so-and-so is more of a haint than a saint. <laughs> no comments there. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. Let me finish these other scriptures. I've got, I've got several of these, but I feel like it's necessary to, to read these because what I'm trying to get across to you, I want, I want, to, get it, I want to get it embedded in plenty of word. To let you know, I'm not just trying to pull something out of the hat here. That the Word of God is filled with what I'm talking about. Uh, Romans 7 and 6. But now we are delivered from the law, that being dead wherein we were held, that we should serve in newness of spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you can't find reference to what you're teaching in the New Testament, out of the Old Testament, leave it alone. The church is a New Testament concept. The Old Testament was 
uh, uh, was the nation of Israel. Jesus built the church himself. He said, upon this rock, I will build my church. And that's a new covenant. And uh, praise the Lord. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6, on page then 4, says, Who also have made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter killeth, but the Spirit give life. Amen. That's all the letter could do is kill. But it's the Spirit of God that brings life. Can you say amen? Now, and winding this down for the night, every ritual under the Old Covenant was a type and shadow that pointed to the reality of what God has given us through the New Covenant. A way to serve and worship God in the spirit and in the truth, which only can be achieved by the Holy Ghost. Not through any literal ordinances. One final scripture, Romans 14 and 17. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Praise God. So, we are just getting into this, and we're going to be into it for the next little bit, the, the nature of true communion, 